Welcome to Zeitgeist Radio. I'm Morgan Rowe, founder of the Zeitgeist Academy. Every episode here on Zeitgeist Radio, I speak with someone from a unique musical subculture looking to understand their relationship with music. Zeitgeist means spirit of the times. Imagine all the things that make this moment feel different from other times. The way people feel, what they like, the things they do together. That's what we call Zeitgeist. It's like a big invisible bubble that helps us understand the spirit or feeling of the time we're in. The idea here is that music may be universal, but each musical scene has its own mini zeitgeist. And that's what we're here to learn about on this podcast. But before we begin, head over to zeitgeistacademy.com radio and put in your email address. I send a weekly newsletter with backgrounds and stories about our awesome guests, cool musical facts, and ways you can get involved if you love music and want to do more than just listen to a podcast. That's z-e-i-t-g-e-i-s-t academy.com. My guest today is Melanesia Hunter, the creator and curator of the Juice Joint and the Crock-Pot live music events in L.A., Quick note, there is some swearing in this episode and a brief mention of substance use. If you're listening with your kids or have a personal issue with either of those, this is your disclaimer. Mel, welcome to Zeitgeist Radio. Hello. So, so happy exciting. to talk to you. Me too. We've been talking about this for a while. We had to make it happen. Yes, today. we did. It worked. I'm glad. So we're here in your showroom and Tonight is the juice joint, so yes. I'm very excited to get to go for after several months planning. Um, can you let's just start at the beginning? Like, what's your background with music? Who are you musically? Oh, see, you know my background with music. I am a music lover, and I'm an advocate for artists, creatives, musicians, and the world that seems to be trying to exploit us and take ownership of our art without pouring back into us. So I don't play or sing, but I understand the power of music. I am a cultural organizer and a community builder. And in doing that work, I knew that I wanted music to be at the center of it because it's the most universal tool that we have to connect with each other. It's amazing. So many things are dividing us. Mm -hmm. Music is one thing that brings everybody together. And I knew I wanted to create spaces like that so that's so beautiful I love that but I do have a great eye and ear and just I know music I feel music deeply I have to shout out my choir director Mr. Andre Ashley (laughs) from high school because I think with his training even though I can't sing (laughs) I think just being learning from him really put me in this position to be able to curate live music events the way that I do, which is exceptionally well. Yeah, yeah, I just looking at the online presence, I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> I'm so excited that you get to actually, we get to do this, and then tonight you get to come to the I get show. to come. Yeah, it's like, I know. I, that makes me happy. So can you tell our listeners, they're, they're musicians, they're music lovers, what is the Juice Joint, and where did this idea come from? Well, first, the juice joint, more than anything, is a community, right? It's, it's really a family. Um, but the event itself is an open mic slash jam session, which is mostly improv and kind of chaotic, but also <laughs> magical as hell. You know, um, 
it's one of those jam sessions where you don't have to have a list to get on the stage. You don't have to know somebody. Yeah. You don't have to be really good. You know, you go to different jam sessions. Like, you can't sit in unless somebody on the stage knows that you can play. You can't sit in unless you know somebody on the stage. If you do get to sit in, you might have to send your music first. So you might have to. But this one is really creative because we need a place to come and just be to express ourselves right so it becomes this platform where beginners and experts are in the same room sharing the stage together and so you honestly never know what you are going to get because i have a house band and i have house singers the juice joint house band and house singers literally hands down best musicians and vocalists <laughs> in all of la is making a smile in the world craig you know like in all of the world so we do have our core but once our core leaves the stage, everybody in the audience starts intermingling, getting on the stage, singing, playing. It's not really a rehearsal. You don't really know when you get on the stage with a bunch of strangers, you don't know who knows what. You know, right. Like, now, at this point, you have to really feel the music. Now you have to listen to each other. Now you have to pay attention. And if you're new or just beginning, it can seem intimidating or scary. But because it's such a love space and you got two to 300 people in the audience like it's all right sing baby it's okay you know or you got an og drummer on the drums tapping you on the shoulder to help you keep the tempo you know like it's not it's a place where you can feel safe to come and learn and get better and just it's like practicing but it's like performing you know and because it's improv it takes you out of that i only know how to play my song or what i, I don't know how to sing my song i don't know how to do what i know how to do now you are coming in a room with people you're inspired by that you know people that will inspire you that you've never met like that type of fuel i have seen we're 10 years in i have seen artists and musicians the way I have seen people grow and expand just in their artistry because you have a place to come yeah. and nobody's judging you if you mess up, you know, nobody's hard on you if you don't get it right the first time. you like, oh, shit, I messed up. Okay, when I come back next month, I'm going to get back up there and I'm going to, you know, like it just makes it for this playground that is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So what was the first juice joint and... What led you to start that way back? The you first said 10 years ago. It was actually February 7th, 2014. Oh, coming up. Oh. Coming up on the 10 year anniversary of the actual juice. Nice. And I would say what led me to start it is being a community with my, I'm from Alabama. I'm a Southern girl, you know, so um, music, food, family, yeah. like, all of these things are like such a big part of our culture, right? So when I, I'm also a makeup artist. So when I was living in Atlanta, I was on makeup, doing makeup for an artist by the name of Chanel. She was signing Young Money. She was opening for Lil Wayne on a tour. So it was my first yes. tour and I'm doing makeup on this tour. At that time, I was probably one of the only girls on the tour that smoked weed, right? <laughs> but I ended up always with the band, Lil Wayne's band. Um, because we always fucking with <laughs> So I was like, I'm going to ride on y'all bus because they over there tripping. You know, I'm on the bus with y'all. But that developed into a beautiful friendship, a beautiful respect for each other's creative minds and gifts. So now I'm just riding on the back of the bus with them. I'm listening to the type of music they produce. I'm listening to, you know, like they're phenomenal musicians, right? <laughs> Obviously, they on yeah. tour with Wayne. 
you know, and just everybody else. But that friendship and that bond with them over years of touring came, became so strong. We all went to Africa on the tour. And I think when I got back to Atlanta, I feel like my heart, my mind, everything had just expanded. So mm -hmm. I was like, I have to, I can't, I got to go somewhere else. Is it New York? Is it LA? Like I can't, I'm an outgrow. I don't know. Just something about going to Africa and coming back just made me want to leave. They all were LA based. I ended up moving out here. We used to just hang out at my house. I had instruments and stuff in my house and I would be cooking Southern Soul food yeah. and shit all the time. Well, also... I just moved to the West Coast for yeah. the first time, and I did feel out of place. Yeah, you know, it's different. Yeah, it's different. It's like where is the soul? Where is the community? Where is the where is the real non-industry? Like all these popping ass parties I would go to, I would low key feel out of place. But when I would be at home with my friends, and we're just like my homie might just grab the damn guitar and start playing, and I'm cooking and. And just, just being in community for no reason other than hanging with each other. My friends that sing, all my friends sing, all my friends, we all created, we all love music. The way that that shit healed me and pulled me out of depressions, it made me want to create that for other people. So then I'm like, y'all don't know how healing y'all are for me. Keenan, Jerry's, you know, like um, Charlie, Titus. I'm just thinking about Ramel. I'm just thinking about the composers overall. And I'm like, we got to do this for other people. So we tested it out. And it was beautiful. Mm -hmm. And here we are 10 years later. <laughs> and it was the same thing with the Crock-Pot. Everything came from attention of like, shit is hard out here. Yeah. And everybody's coming to LA to try to make it. Yeah. You know? If you don't build that safe community, because people talk about, yeah. you know, being for other people and building safe spaces and the damn spaces don't be safe, you know? <laughs> So it just made me want to take it upon myself to curate truly a safe space for musicians, for singers, for artists, for creators, for music lovers, for people that move to LA that don't have family here and like looking for their home, looking for that shit is stressing me out right now. But when I come in here, I literally don't think about any of that. That was an escape for me with us just doing it in my living room. Yeah. And so we wanted to bring that to the masses. And we did it. And you did. Mm -hmm. Now you have two, three hundred people, you said, mm -hmm. coming every single month. Mm -hmm. We used to have two, three hundred people coming every week. From what, 2016 to 2020, we had a weekly residency. Oh, wow. In Hollywood. Wow. Yeah, but then COVID, everything happened. When we came back, it's like, yeah. I can't even do it. <laughs> I'm not even going to hold y'all. We're going to swing this thing. We're going to bring it back and we're going to do it once a month. Yeah. We're going to start there. But it's been such a great event. Even the venue we are at now, it's like, well, you what you think about twice a month? Yeah. You know, and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Do I get we some will, help? Yeah, okay. It's giving. We will see. You see me running around like crazy now getting ready for tonight. But it's the first one of the year. We have a double feature, Isaiah J and Mackenzie Thomas. Two people that I'm a huge fan of. So I think for me this year, it's like, I want to start booking people that I'm a fan of yeah. the Juice Drunk, bringing them into the community. Isaiah has already been a part of the Juice Drunk community. He used to come when we was in the study, doing it every week. But this will be Mackenzie's first Juice Joint, and we all are a fan of her. So I'm about ready to. So, tell so tell me what I'm what I'm gonna see here. So it's a it's a jam session. It's You've a got jam. a house band, I but have, you also have these two. Yes. So the only rehearsed portion of the night will come from the feature. Normally, it's okay. one feature, but on special occasions, we'll just go ahead and make it a double feature, you know? Okay. Um, 
Doors are at eight, right? Yeah. Then my favorite DJ, DJ Sean Prince, he spans from eight to nine. Also met him doing music events in 2014. So th- when I... When, I, when you think about all the people that you're going to see tonight, so many of them have been around the whole the 10 whole years, time. the whole time. That should tell you anything. That tells a lot. That should tell you a lot. So many people that came to the Juice Show for the first time 10 years ago still come today. That should tell you a lot. That does. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um. So Sean Prince spends the first hour. Then we open the jam at nine. The house band and the house singers kind of opening. I get up there. I talk my shit. I tell y'all what you can expect. Like I, I call them my church announcements tell you the rules of the night because it's going to be a lot of first timers there mm-hmm. and everybody don't know. Once the jam start, I kind of get out of the way and we just see what happens. And that's when like people just, I don't even know how to explain it besides it's magic. You know, we, we, we can have some train wrecks sometimes because <laughs> it's literally a bunch of strangers on the yeah, stage trying to yeah. figure it out with each other, you know, but we'll always have a house singer, a house band member or somebody on standby to bring it back. If we have any train wrecks, yeah, you know? yeah. Then by eleven o'clock, we bring the feature up, and that's like a fifteen-minute set because the the purpose of the event is for people to jam, to play, it's for the audience to be able to be a part of it, to show what they got, to yeah. learn, to grow. Iron sharpens iron, you know. Um, and then at twelve o'clock, we do something called midnight funk. That's when we kind of just turn the shit up even more. <laughs> and after that, we jam a little more. And then DJ Sean Prince does a after party set. So that's like the scope of the whole night. Nice. Oh, that's beautiful. So uh, when I was talking to you as we were getting this organized, you mentioned uh, COVID and like it had such an impact on musicians. Um, and can you talk about what you, kind of what you told me about bringing back after COVID and and like the need that people had for connection and making music together. Cause that was a rough couple of years yes. for musicians. People like I witnessed people, uh, the first concerts back at some of the venues and they would just start crying on stage. They're mm-hmm. like, I miss this so much. And like, think about it. We were doing it every week from 2016 yeah. to 2020. And, and I literally nothing. count on one hand how many Mondays we took off in that what four year span yeah. every week. Yeah. We was going through Christmas, Thanksgiving, <laughs> New Year's. Like we was, Every, it was such a necessary space for all of us. Um, so even after COVID or even just being stressed out and burnt out from yeah. producing and curating a live music event with so many moving parts. Yeah. Every week for four years straight, you there was something in me that wanted a break. But then there was also something in me that knew we could not. Yeah. You know? And so that was the point of like scaling back. Not just not doing it at all. It was too necessary, too impactful yeah, for yeah. the community. Um, jobs, opportunities, uh, musicians meeting each other and end up going on tour with each other. Musicians and singers meeting each other and falling in love with each other at the Juice Joint and now they producing each other's albums. And You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. people then met and got married at the Juice Joint. People been best friends for 10 years because they randomly met as strangers at the Juice Joint. Uh, people, so many industry people, even though it's like an anti-industry event because mm-hmm. we're not on that, they still come. They yeah. come to scout talent. You know, they come to, it's like, I tell people, I'm the A&R's A&R. <laughs> you know, y- y'all, y'all keeping it, y'all real slick <laughs> coming up here. But it's a beautiful thing because so many opportunities have also come yeah. from the platform. Yeah. So you meet a community. You're getting career opportunities. You're growing as an artist because you're challenged. 
you know, like you having to get out of your routine and kind of like make shit up on the spot. Right. Listen on the spot. Yeah. Improv and all these skills. I just knew that like we need human connection and connectivity and we need community. I and think through music are, like, like that. And musicians are so like, they're so collaborative, it's so communal. Yeah, that's does. our motto. Start the ego feed <laughs> Nice. We want to do things to feed yourself. Yeah. There's a lot of shit going on out here in LA. And all of us are trying to make it. We need a safe, happy place. Yeah. Sometimes we used to go in there and just scream. I said, on the count of three, everybody scream. <laughs> somebody in here needed that. I'll, I'll be that somebody a lot of times mm-hmm. to just like, oh my God, this week has been rough. I'm just, come on, y'all. We all finna scream together. <laughs> You know, we hug on each other. We love on each other. And that was different, too, because every week we would be doing this whole hug your neighbor thing. We make strangers and everybody just turn around, hug your neighbor. I don't care if you don't know. Them. Then when COVID happened, you know, it's getting, we masked up. We yeah. don't want to hug. <laughs> she is real out here. <laughs> so that was also different. We got Lysol everywhere. We got gloves. We got Clorox wipes everywhere. We trying to figure out how to come back and do a jam session and still be COVID friendly. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It was different. Yeah. Yeah. So what about the venue? The venue right now is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang yes. in L.A. Has it always been there? No. It was at the study in Hollywood for 2016 to 2020. We moved it out. We, the juice joint has literally been all over L.A. Mm. The first one was like a one-off at a venue. I can't remember the name of it. The first one we did February 7th. It was kind of far out. That's when I knew, like, well, if we do it, we can't keep doing it this far out. Yeah. Then we took it to Skinny's in North Hollywood. We did a few there. Then our home for a, for a long time ended up being at Chaos Network in Lamarck Park. So we like little Lamarck Park babies. I don't know if you know about that community, but my heart is dedicated to that place. Yeah. Um, ben Caldwell is one of my mentors, and he's the owner of Chaos Network. So he kind of allowed me to use his space. He uses his space like an incubator for people like me to come in and create and nice. organize. And nice. So many amazing, powerful, impactful music events and creative ventures have come from brewing inside a chaos network cool. he'll be there tonight nice you know nice. So it's like this family this <laughs> tribe is so... so even though you're not at his place he still comes what That's he's amazing. still he's one of my partners still see, he's see. still my mentor yeah. i still do work in um cultural organizing in lamarck park i'm still dedicated to that community i always be nice you know it's a very special place so we've been all of on pico downtown you know we have and everywhere we went our tribe followed us. That's amazing. Um, what does your conversation look like when you're talking to a new venue? Because I noticed, um, I mean, Monday night, a lot of these places are, well, at least Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, they're normally closed. So they're opening up just for you? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say basically by the time we started asking around now, other venues have already heard about the juice joint yeah. and who don't want two to three hundred people on a slow yeah, ass yeah. Monday night in your venue and now it's our crowd is so different it's not a you know it's not a drunk belligerent crazy but like even the the venue the bartenders are the bar managers like you guys are so nice so <laughs> so like this is how do you have 300 incredible humans <laughs> in one you know like nobody we, the security is out here grabbing plates and eating and they love everybody. Whereas other events, you're like, these people are assholes yeah. you got to deal with. But it's like, damn, y'all night, whatever y'all want. It was kind of like that at the study too. I would go to do an event yeah. one day 
and they would come back and be like, what are you, is this, you want to, that's how I got the residency. I was just, I went to go do the event one day and it happened to fall on a Monday. I was doing the crock pot and the juice joint like a two day mini festival. So the crock pot concert, which is not an open mic, it would be one day and then the juice joint would be the next day. So the idea is like, you still get to jam with the people that you paid to come see perform live at this festival, this concert. It's still like, it's not a us versus them. It's we still all together. So tomorrow we're going to jam out with everybody. Yeah. It was that type of concept. So when I did that and I went to the study in Hollywood, the manager was like, man, what, hey, you need to do this. There. Can you do this every Monday? Like this shit was crazy. Can you? And we did. And I think it's like the same thing with Kiss Kiss. We heard about you guys. But mm-hmm. You know, okay. Mondays are slow. They're saying, yeah, let's do it. And now it's like, you want to do two more days? <laughs> you know, I think it's going to always be that because yeah. of how impactful and how beautiful the event is. The music, phenomenal. The people, phenomenal. You understand what I'm saying? The mm-hmm. culture, the culture is beautiful. Like you'll see tonight. I'm so excited. Like, oh I'm so excited God. to come see. Um, so tell me a little bit about the crock pot. We've talked about the juice joint right now, but what's, what's up with the crock pot? The crock pot used to be monthly right um and then same thing it's giving wow scale back little mama <laughs> so then i moved it to like a biannual i do a free concert in the park for the community in the summer of every year we haven't since covid so this will be our first time coming back but it will also be july 27 2024 that'll be 10 years since the first time i did a free concert in the park so I'm coming up on 10 year anniversaries for both of these events. Such a right? big year for you. So, yeah, so yeah. we're planning the 10 year festival and that's just another thing, all ages. Cause the juice joint is 21 and up, right? Mm-hmm. But I also like the idea of bridging these gaps between the generations, kids, yeah. people my age, the elders. At some point we all need to be able to commune together. So I think that's what the Crocify has been. And then I do the anniversary show, which is December 1st. And that show is not a free concert. It's ticketed, but those two shows, at this point, it's a biannual concert or a festival. We can call it a festival, a biannual yeah. festival. Mm-hmm. You get sponsors, or how do you make that happen? With especially we with the free one, we have not been sponsored this whole ten years. It, how? At least not by <laughs> you know that is a good damn question because we deserve. We have Fender and Native Instrument. Um, sponsor us because they really were supportive of what we were doing but they gave us what in kind they gave us instruments sure and you know there's some native instrument instruments over here behind this curtain you know they yeah. gave us the amps that I have right here came from our Fender sponsorship but not a financial sponsorship yeah so a lot of that came from me paying for it so the first few years most of it if we was in the red me or one of my friends is in shout out to Ethiopia <laughs> You know, some of my friends would be like, girl, you can't keep doing this. They would hold it down. If the bar bar didn't meet the guarantee, I would have to pay for that. My friends would be like, oh, God, let me go help a Jesus. You know, like trying to pay. These events cost thousands of dollars. Yeah. So we would rely on the ticket money. But if the the ticket money didn't quite add up to the expenses, then I would have to cover it. And all the concerts that I did for free in Lamert, I came out of pocket. Oh, my goodness. Five, six thousand dollars, you know, just trying to put on these free concerts. And that's why I do feel like this year I'm going after sponsorships and partners because what we have been doing, it has been too important to the culture, to the community, to the artist community in Los Angeles. Worldwide, people from all over the world come to both of these events. They go back home and try to recreate them. You know, like Mm -hmm. it's very impactful. And Mm -hmm. like 
I think this this time around, we're looking for some damn sponsors. <laughs> Y'all want to sponsor the juice short in the crock pot? Holla at me. Her <laughs> information is in the episode description and on our socials. As you're hearing, Mel has a lot of plates in the air. Her showroom in LA had everything from areas people could do photo shoots, to inventory for her business Hippie Chick, to amps and music equipment. As we were talking, people started coming in to rehearse the backup vocals for the feature. You'll even hear a little background noise of people starting to arrive and set up. By the way, if you're one of those musicians, I really appreciate your courtesy while we did this interview. Also, you blew me away at the event. Wow! If you want to hear all about my experience attending the Juice Joint, head over to zeitgeistacademy.com and subscribe to my newsletter. It was an incredible evening. I've definitely never been to anything like it, and I want to tell you all about it. That's Z-E-I-T-G-E-I-S-T academy.com. Have you ever wanted to learn to play the blues? Join us in February 2024 for a hands-on journey through the music that shaped America, taught by me and performer and teacher Ed Kopp, who you can also hear on Zeitgeist Radio in Episode 7. Discover the history, heart, and styles of blues music and learn to play in our immersive six-week virtual course. This course is appropriate for any instrument, learn to jam and solo while also immersing in the rich blues history and a great soundtrack. Learn more at zeitgeistacademy.com. Let's talk about taking this elsewhere. So that was one thing when we were talking earlier that you mentioned that that stuck with me is as you were so um, encouraging or I mean, I would say like adamant <laughs> that you can do this. Like, where's your community? Where's your need? You can do this. What would you say to people who are realizing that they need a community, seeing a hole in their community, don't have $5,000 to drop, but maybe want to make something happen? How did you start like, like... Well, I started it with just my friends and yeah. my friends believing in my vision would show up and we would just do the events and whatever we made from the door. They just split. Like yeah. all last year, because I don't have a sponsor, I didn't pay myself yeah. at any of the juice joints for last year. I plan on paying myself this year, yeah. you know, yeah. but I paid everybody else. But that's what those one of those sacrifices where some people in business say, as the business owner, always pay yourself first. I have been advised that I've never been able to do that with this. Yeah. I've never felt right to do that with this and and like struggling artists musicians and people just want to do their art and not have to go work a job that they hate but they trying to make a living i don't even feel comfortable you know yeah yeah so it's like we're gonna split this door money yeah i'm gonna split this door money you know like if you guys could commit to just the way i started it was my friends committed to doing this with me and they wasn't saying you gotta pay me this you gotta pay me that that came later yeah once we already built it but the beginning stages was we're just showing up and splitting the pot, you know? Like, mm-hmm. And the pot comes from tickets. The pot comes from tickets. The pot might come from selling food. The pot might mm-hmm. come from asking people for donations, passing around a little collection plate like we do in the black church, you know? Like, the, it comes from community. Like, we want to keep doing this, but let's take care. Even if you ask the people in the audience, you know, like, even if it was a free event, we still want to take care of the people that's on the stage. Mm-hmm. If you got anything that you can donate, do so. Or you just heard, like, when people hit me, we don't have a list or this pretentious, I'm I'm too good to pay to get in. I don't really accommodate people like that, but I will accommodate an artist who say, I don't have it this month and I want to come. What are some of the types of people that come to this event? If you open it up to just musicians generally, 
you're going to get all genres. I I imagine you yes. get folks from all different types of backgrounds of music. Um, what what types of folks tend to come or like what do you what do you people. see as far as that mishmash all of people. people? It's not just musicians. It's people that never played an yeah. instrument in their life that come. I oh. tried to piano lessons when I was little. It's like I quit, you know. But <laughs> it's really one of those spaces. Yes, musicians from all over the world, from amateurs to experts are yeah. going to be there. You will see that, right? Yeah. But people from literally all walks non-creative corporate we have corporate people coming in there we have industry executives coming in there we have singers we we said asada and anisa the tap dancer that used to come and blow everybody's mind because they are musicians cool. too yeah we've yeah, had totally. dancers come and get on the stage and while everybody is playing their expression is to just dance they're not singing or playing you know it is for people if you got a soul <laughs> the shoe joint is for you. You don't have to be an incredible musician. You don't have to know much about music. Mm -hmm. You just, if you got a soul and you're looking for something to inspire you, you, you need that spark. You should check it out. You should come. You should join the culture. Yeah, you know? yeah. It really is a place that's for everybody. Um, I've seen so many people that probably would never cross paths in their lives end up becoming BFF and friends and yeah. making music together. You understand? What's some of your favorite stories? Um, honestly, to see how people that probably would never interact with each other end up loving on each other. I think that's like, I've had a lot of accomplishments in my life as mm -hmm. a makeup artist and as an artist, period. So many things that people think I would be so proud of. Mm -hmm. But creating the juice joint and the crock pot is my greatest accomplishment. And it's because of what actually happens in those places you know and i that's what i dreamed of that's what i wanted and when i got healed by music yeah. and my friends i wanted that for other people and to actually be able to manifest that with my friends and still be doing it and not be scarred or soured by it mm -hmm. and still being something that's so much bigger than all of us like we are the vessels of course but the people in the audience who i'm trying to touch and who i'm trying to reach and who yeah. i'm trying to give that that little bit of peace, that little bit of hope, that little spark of inspiration too. You know, because I know what it's like once we leave. You know? Yeah. And so I think I have been seeing that for 10 years straight. That's what makes me feel like I be so damn stressed out. Just everything else that goes on with the juice joint outside yeah. of musicians and singers showing up and playing on Monday falls on me. So I get burnt out. You know? Yes. And I'm doing that for juice joint, crock pot, my makeup career. I have this boutique shop, hippie chick. I have like four different things going on that I'm trying yeah, you to got a lot. Man, man, you know, <laughs> so I get burnt out. But this is work. When people say niche down, pick one thing. It's like, how? I'm not sure. I can't not do this work. I feel like it's too important now. Mm -hmm. And just because of how it touches people. So I think though, it's so many stories like that seeing the friendships develop, seeing the musicians end up on so-and-so um, tour yeah. and producing on so-and-so album and getting their first placements because all because they met people and started playing with them randomly at the juice joint. You know? Like, <laughs> that's beautiful to me. Seeing people that came 10 years ago still show up tonight is going to make my heart smile because yeah. I know that that's how important it is to all of us. That says so much to me. Um, so it's things like that. Seeing 
We just think about think about the state of the world right now. Religion is dividing us. Race, ethnicity, identity, sexuality. All of these things just, it's like a shit show outside. Then you come into the juice joint and you see every race, every gender, every sexuality, every religious background. Every You literally see everybody loving on each other. How are we supposed to stop doing that? <laughs> You know, like that's what is really that's what you were called from Africa to do here. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I I big... to, yeah, because when I, I something clicked in me. What was oh, that? Man. What was that? I all I know is when I landed, we was in Cape Town, South Africa. We we didn't even leave the airport grounds. It ain't like I saw anything. We got all our bags. We, it was a big little tour bus or whatever waiting for us outside. But everybody, I got there a little early. And then some people say, you got to sit on the bus and you're waiting for other people to come. And I had already been world traveler. We had just came from Australia. So it wasn't just being in the new. Yeah. It was specifically something about Africa that I still to this day can't quite fully explain. So we left Australia, flew to South Africa. We get there and... I'm on this bus and I'm just feeling like, cause I was a little sad when I was in Australia over a bunch of stuff. And my mom was telling me like, girl, you over here crying about this and you've been to more countries this year than I've been in my whole life, you know? Like, get out and see it. Cause I was like in Australia on some old type shit, being all sad and woe is me. And then when I got to Africa, I felt myself about to start crying on the bus. So I got off the bus cause I didn't want to give them ugly face crying on the bus. <laughs> and I went and stood outside and I just broke down. And my friend came out, she saw me crying. And she was like, what the hell? And I was like, I don't know, I can't explain. It's not a bad cry, it's a, I don't it's know. A release. It's making me about to cry right now, like thinking about it. I'm like, I don't know what I was feeling, but I don't know if it's this land. I don't know if it's our connection to this land. Like, I don't know what's happening to me. But all that happiness that I felt in Australia, it's like it's gone and it's being replaced with something else. I don't even have the words to explain. Like all I can do was cry. I thought I'm still trying to move to Africa. Shit. I thought I was gonna move then, yeah. you know, but it when when something expands, it can't go back to being yeah. the same size. So they don't call it the motherland for no reason. You know, like yeah. it was one of it was just so special and it makes me want to go all over the world and take this community everywhere. To Africa, to Australia, to Bali, to Jamaica, to fucking <laughs> Dublin, to Ireland. I love Ireland. You yeah. know, like, I was in Ghana, I was in Senegal, and every time I go to these countries, I'm like, I cannot wait to get this shit cracking. Sponsors, where y'all at? <laughs> Juice joint tour on the way. You know, I cannot wait to take this to other countries and, bre and be that bread. Yeah. You know, like, the same work I do here, I can do anywhere in the world. And I, I really want to do that. That's amazing. After that, after that amazing moment, <laughs> uh, what do you wish that people knew if there is someone who's like, man, I'm feeling really inspired. This sounds amazing. I want to do something like that. What do you wish people knew about starting it up? What do you wish people knew about community organizing when it comes to music? Um, Communication is important. Uh, I think I knew early on that I was trying to build something that was anti-ego. Yeah. Um, addressing things. Like, for us, people always tell us all the time, you can't be, you know, y'all can't build together or work together. You can't. But I built this whole platform, and we 10 years in with my friends. Yeah. You can. You know, but I've also been very protective over the energy and just making sure that even I, myself, as the leader, 
Um, I watch my ego. Mm-hmm, I check mm-hmm. the people's ego that's on the team. I recheck the people's ego that come into the space. You, you know, mm-hmm. we try, we have, it's rules to care for people and being in mm-hmm. community with people. We can't just be out here messing over each other. We have to hold each other accountable. We have to consider each other. We have to have mutual respect. You know, it's so hard to build with people when it's somebody in the crew that don't respect everybody else mm-hmm. or nobody. It's somebody in the crew who's an egotistical asshole who thinks just because I'm an amazing musician that I get to, you know, all of us are amazing at what we do. And no one cares because we're here to do very specific work. The intention behind the work that you are trying to do, I think if you know your why. Yeah, that is know your why, that is key. You know, and you find people who get your why. Yeah. And it's so, I'll tell you something. I would fall in love with people and just be attached to them, knowing that they didn't get the why, knowing that they didn't try the same way, mm-hmm. but still wanted them to be a part because, you know, we are friends. We've been here. If I could take it back, I probably wouldn't. Mm-hmm. You know, I would just go ahead and pick out the little cancer seeds as when I the first signs of seeing it. Mm-hmm. We don't want we not we don't have the same why. We can't build together if we don't have the same why. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how you keep the same. Right, it don't matter if you love them. You can come and kick it, you know, but maybe you shouldn't be in it, in it. Maybe you yeah. shouldn't be one of the main ones that's putting it together because the people putting it together gotta be on one accord when it comes to why are we doing this. To protective of your team too. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you bring team members in that don't get it, you got to get rid of them too. Yeah. Yeah. That's hard. Because it could be your friend. It could be your friend. Or you can talk to your friend about whatever shitty behavior they, you know what I'm saying, Mm -hmm. just playing or doing. But you got to protect whatever it is that you're building. And you have to know exactly what you're building and why you're building it. And I started it with friends that was just believing me. Yeah. That wasn't pressing me about money. Now we end up Pan, half pandemic, uh, um, the groceries then quadruple. <laughs> yes, gas is crazy. Uh, the rent in LA is ridiculous. Now it might be hard for people to just show up without getting money because of how hard it is now. But ten years ago, we was able to mm-hmm. do that to at least get it started. Right. But also, you can't be selfish in this. Right. I was very selfless in this work. I, I, and I'm not recommending that you make yourself the sacrificial lamb. I wish I had a tried to get sponsored and and reached out to other nonprofits to partner with, reached out to whatever the, the city council or the city. I should have been contacting the city of LA. I'm doing cultural organizing. Mm-hmm. You know, like if I tell you anything is go get some grants. Go get some grants. I was going to say there's yeah, grants. Go there's figure out sp- your city gives money to yeah. people who culturally organize. You just don't know it and you never looked it up start doing that research. There are nonprofits in your city that you never heard of that probably is aligned with your why. You should reach out to them. Mm-hmm. Collaboration. 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 I, these are mistakes. Don't do that, it alone. These are things that I didn't do that I mm-hmm. wish I did, mm-hmm. right? So I would not recommend trying to pull this shit off and, and struggle for 10 years to get it done, you know? I would say now I'm talking to representatives with the city of LA. I have to in order to fund this crock pot in July. Yeah. You know, now I'm asking, okay, I need sponsors. People get sponsored for way less shit, you know? Um, so look into the grants. Look into what, what's already happening in your city. Collaborate with people who have the same why as you. Figure it out. 
you can do it. Like, I really do feel like that. Because when you create something that's needed, it's yeah. going to feed so many people, you'll be able to sustain it. You'll, you'll get the fuel that you need. But you really got to know what your why is. You really got to know what your why is. <laughs> and you don't know why you're doing it, all kinds of hell can break loose. Yeah, so. you can burn out and not get back in. <laughs> Yeah, you can and then all those people mm-hmm. you will be letting people that shouldn't be in. in. Yeah, and then yeah, your event is ruined. Like mm-hmm. the the protective. I love how protective you are over your people. Mm-hmm. I don't think they know. Yeah, my whole tribe, my whole community. It's so many of us. We like fifty deep, maybe more. Like the core of the crackpot and juice joint people. It's a lot of us. All volunteer? No. Like just they they musicians yes, they are singers they are production managers they are creatives they are our team is so big because we rotate through musicians every month from our like okay. pool of musicians we rotate through singers so, you know it's a family affair so we're not just it used to be relying on like maybe one band you know it started like that but that's not sustainable people got to go on tour yeah people got kids especially when it was people weekly gotta, yeah no, that's <laughs> too not much. sustainable yeah. you gotta have a little group a little rotation so yeah. that not no one person will get burnt out yeah mm-hmm. well i'm very excited to come i got one last question for you do you know what zeitgeist means tell me it means spirit of the times and it's like that energy that we're all plugged into at any particular point in time um and so i have what i call a zeitgeist moment where you just like feel that moment, just everything comes together. And of course, since this is a music podcast, I like to have it be through music mm-hmm. where you just, you're part of something bigger than yourself. Yeah. What was a, either a recent or a memorable Zeitgeist moment for you? Uh, Zeitgeist moment. All right. First time I did the Crackpot and Lamert Park, July 27, 2014, right? <laughs> It's one of those things where I had to pay for the stage. I had to do this. I think I had sold my little raggedy car to pay for the lights. <laughs> um, I needed to pay for something else. And I had my friend had to take me to the ATM to get out the money. And I was like, I'm about to pull out my rent money for this mm-hmm. shit. But, you know, whatever. And I remember crying. And then when we got back to Lamarck, I was crying in the car with him, you know, just about the finances. But I knew I had wanted to do it so bad, but it was costing me thousands. And I was doing the most to make it happen. And as I was sitting in his damn car crying, people started walking up to me that was at the concert. A man and his wife and his child, they came up first to the car. Like, I'm sorry y'all talking, but are you the girl who put this on? I just wanted to tell you that thank you so much. This was so beautiful for our community. This was so amazing for our family. Like, I felt so good having my wife and my kids out here. And So then once he started, a line started forming. Oh, my goodness. And people just started coming up to the car. I'm like crying for one reason. <laughs> and then it flipped. And then I started crying because I'm like, oh, well, we're like the thank you. Mm-hmm. So like we needed this. Like this was so beautiful. Like, and it just something flipped for me then too. You know, I don't think I ever cried about the money mm-hmm. after that. Even when I took it, I knew it was worth it. You know, like that something, it was so crazy. I was crying over the money. <laughs> And those same two, you know, <laughs> he's he like, I'm sorry, y'all talking. Can I? I just want to meet you. I just want to introduce. You. I just want to tell you thank you. And then that just line of people were just like, we needed this for our community. Thank you so much. This was so impactful. This was so powerful. This was so beautiful. And it just was like, oh, God, we can't stop. <laughs> you know, like that 
that showed me what really was important. So beautiful. Well, Mel, thank you so much for being on my podcast. I thank so appreciate you your time. I'm excited about you seeing the juice drink. I can't wait. I can't Be wait. Using it. Yeah, it's going to be a part two after the juice drink. There we go. <laughs> this season's I'm trying to share my zeitgeist moments too. For this episode, I'll actually share one that happened after the interview actually took place when I was at the juice joint itself. I got there right when DJ Sean Prince was doing his set. Mel is right. He is a great DJ. But the moment that I knew this was going to be really good, my zeitgeist moment, was actually the pass-off to the house band. DJ Sean Prince started fading out but kept his beat high. Then slowly I realized the house drummer had taken over the beat and I was hearing it in stereo. Then someone hit a chord in the same key and the jam started. DJ Sean Prince faded out completely and the house band took over and I see Sean Prince wander over to the bar to get a drink. It was so seamless, so together, passing the vibe from one side of the room to the other, that right away I could tell that not only was this going to be a full, really nice night, but I felt like they were cradling my experience of the evening. I highly recommend this event if you're ever in LA on the last Monday of the month. I'll definitely try to go back as I can. A huge thanks to Mel for what she's doing for the community, and to you for listening. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Zeitgeist Radio. If you'd like to take the next step in your musical journey, head over to zeitgeistacademy.com radio to join my newsletter. Seriously, it's fun and informative, and I never spam or sell your information. That's zeitgeistacademy.com radio. Music for this episode was created by Ian Boswell. Please hit that subscribe button and tell all your friends you found a cool new podcast. See you next time.